0: Welcome to the first episode of the 2023 season of the Cubs podcast. As you may have heard in the last episode or saw off our Instagrams, our episodes will now be weekly instead of every series. So by now, if we were going by the same format as last year, this would probably be the third episode already of the season.
1: So it's better for us, and it's better for you guys, because it's more consistent. Yes. And uh, it's also just, uh, I don't want to say less work, but it is. um, Maybe less uh, strenuous.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's easier working on a set schedule than having to work around every single series that they play, which obviously can... Begin and end any day of the week. So this is just better all around. Yes.
1: Uh, But that means we have more to recap. So we will kick off with the mm -hmm. Brewers series, the first series of the year. Uh, Yes,
0: opening day, second consecutive or third consecutive. I don't know how many consecutive. I know it's been at least three straight opening days. Wait, no, I can't what did we do in
1: 2021? Uh, How did we open that year? Yeah, I oh, forgot Pirates. about 2021. Oh,
0: we lost that game. So this okay. is the second. God, that's right.
1: I remember yeah. that. We lost one game, and literally everyone hated it. Like, everyone <laughs> was panicking. I remember that really oh, well. man. 2021,
0: then, what a time.
1: And then just a few months later, everyone was really sad when they all got traded. Anyway, enough about 2021. Nobody cares. Uh right. Yeah, so second consecutive opening day win And second consecutive opening day win against Corbin Burns Yes, This game went about exactly how the Cubs planned it Starting pitcher through strikes Defense made a lot of great plays and saved runs The uh, fast and athletic guys at the top of the order Hit and ran around the bases and the Cubs won 4-0 Behind Marcus Stroman's six shutout innings Yeah, six. How the front office drew it up. Yeah, that's
0: what we all wanted to, of course. Opening day shutout against the Brewers. Stroman, very good. Six innings, three hits, three three walks, and eight strikeouts. He is, so far this season, a strikeout
1: pitcher, which is nice to see. And he... uh... Well, we will get to this later, but he has not given up a run yet this season after today. 12 consecutive. 12 consecutive uh, scoreless innings. Quality starts.
0: 12 no run innings.
1: Uh, The first uh, game. I saw a stat here that I want to pull up about him right before we move on. I wrote it down in my post game today. Um, Let's see. Here we go. So since May 1st of last year, Stroman has allowed only 39 earned runs and 131 and a third innings pitched uh, with a sparkling two sixty seven ERA. So he's not an ace. I think there's a bit of a difference between, like, a, a number one guy and a true ace. He'd have to, like, keep doing this for the entire season, which I don't think he'll do. And if he does, that's great. But uh, he certainly has been ace-like. Uh, over the past year, so it's been a very good signing for us.
0: Yeah, it's what he's getting paid to do, and so far he's doing it outside of like
1: two, three, four starts, maybe. And of course, I was at one of those guys' starts <laughs> against the Nationals. Pro gave up four runs. Right. So anyway, uh, so opening day went well.
0: Yes. Dansby Swanson got three hits that game. Uh, The first Cub to get three hits, first newly signed Cub, or was it shortstop, one or the other, to get three hits on opening day since, what was it, any time between 1902 and 1906,
1: I think. Who keeps track of that stuff? (laughs) It's somewhere deep in those stat books. It just that's like the most cherry picked stat in the history of cherry picked. Yeah, hey, I mean, that's, if it's
0: over a hundred years old, I'll take it.
1: I guess so. But like a hundred years ago, they were like, We're gonna keep track of this. But regardless, regardless,
0: three hits in your first game is very promising. And one of those drove in a run, and the other run scored on that play was on a throwing error. So that led to the yes. first two runs. Then Trey Mancini drove in a run with his first hit, and then Gomes drove in the other run with a ground out, I think. Yep. So that pretty much yeah. The deal ground out was game. actually
1: the ground out was actually funny because Willie Adamas it could have ended the inning, but instead of throwing a first, he just stepped on second late, and that allowed the fourth run to score. So he was no, just that's an right. idiot
0: uh pampered's Brewer
1: yep so all went well in this game uh, and then the Cubs Oof. proceeded to lose the next three games and everyone decided the season was over and that we should all kill ourselves um no one did of course but anyway this was pretty much the highlight of the opening series because the next day the Cubs took a, a late lead it was a cold it was one of those cold and windy days at Wrigley Field, me and Hap somehow hit a home run off of Brandon Woodruff to make it 1-0 in the 7th. And yep. uh, Justin Steele was maybe just as good if not better than Marcus Stroman had been. He dominated Milwaukee. In fact, I think he could have gone back out for the 7th, but he didn't. And Javier Assad did. And then Javier Assad went back out for the 8th after a scoreless 7th, and proceeded to give up two runs.
0: I think people had a lot of – I think he only made the roster because of the World Baseball Classic, which probably wasn't the best indicator on how to build up
1: the opening day roster. But I mean, he did well in the seventh. Maybe he's just a in one-inning guy. He's a good arm. I mean, he's yeah. not in a high-leverage spot, but that was just a bad move. The circle of trust right now is like Fulmer, Thompson, Auzelay, I guess uh, lighter, But, uh, uh I can't, I, I mean, Julian Merriweather, can't even talk about him. Um, because I saw him pitch, and I can confirm he's not in the circle of trust. Um, Michael Rucker is just kind of sad and, like, (laughs) average. Uh, And then, Assad, I'm kind of losing track of who else is in the bullpen here. It's only been six games. So, but that's the circle of trust right now. Yeah,
0: We always have a bunch of relievers come
1: up within the year. Yeah, but also the thing, well, actually, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. No, the thing about that circle of trust is that Alzalea and Thompson can go multiple innings. So, on like a daily basis. So, maybe you don't need, you know, a big circle of trust if you have two multi inning guys that are really good in the bullpen.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Michael Fulmer also got a six out save today. So, they have some flexibility there. Uh, and we'll see guys like Cam Sanders up here, who is just. Nasty as heck. Touched 100 miles an hour uh, earlier tonight for the Iowa Cubs and has a pretty nasty slider as well. So he'll be up here too. So it's going to be another uh, year of the Cubs seemingly have no one in the bullpen, but they make it work somehow. So, yeah. But anyway.
0: It's been their specialty the last few years.
1: But for whatever reason, David Ross didn't utilize it correctly and we lost what he should have done is probably sent out Justin Steele for the 7th. And then Asad would have pitched one good inning in the 8th. And then he had Fulmer or Elzelay for the 9th. Uh, but he didn't. And the Brewers rallied for three runs in the... I think it was the 7th inning. Maybe. No, it was the 8th inning. For three runs, and the Cubs just got bapped that game. So many
0: soft hits that just fell.
1: William Contreras.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess the second, third, and fourth games of the year. And the fifth, but luckily they won the fifth. But we'll get to that in a second. So, yeah, the Cubs lost the first series. Uh, second series so far is a split. The third game got postponed.
1: I like we'll how we played in a doubleheader in September. Yeah. yeah, we'll just... We'll skip yeah, on by that. I was comments. there. It was awful. The, mo- the biggest moment of the game was Jan Gomes hitting a flyout. That was almost a grand slam. Yeah, just inches away. We're not going to talk about that because we don't care. Anyway, uh, the Red Series uh, started off pretty badly with some Mm -hmm. atrocious bullpen management from our dear old retired backup catcher who had some concussions during his career. And then you (laughs) begin to wonder, why did we hire him? But um, anyway.
0: uh, Andrew Smiley just was not very good. He gave up... uh six earned runs, and one of them was a three-run homer to none other than Jason Vossler who for some reason has owned the Cubs ever since the Jake Arrieta start in San Francisco in
1: 2021. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. I... I don't want to bring up Jake Arrieta.
0: I'm just saying he's pretty much owned us since that time.
1: And he also was a prospect for us. So oh yeah, that too. So of course he owns us. If he didn't, it just wouldn't make sense. Um. So yeah, Drew Smiley didn't look very good in the spring, and it's pretty clear he's not quite ready. So this might be a thing for the next few weeks or so, which is sad, but hopefully he can give up like their minimum three runs, and the Cubs can rally. That's that's how it's gonna be until he's ready to pitch because last year he was actually pretty good for us, pretty solid at the back end of the rotation. he's just he's not there yet, he's still like ramping up or whatever,
0: so anyway, yeah, I mean he did start off kind of rough, but then he got good late in the season, so I mean, I guess I'll be fine if that happens again, but I'd prefer him
1: to be good now, but N- nothing I can do. Yeah. I think everyone would probably prefer to come out of the gate scorching hot like Dansby Swanson did. Mm-hmm. Dansby Swanson hit like 500. He was 10 for 17 at one point, and he had multiple three-hit games. He doesn't have a home run, but uh, he got off to a historic start. Right. Uh, uh, speaking of home
0: runs, Cody Bellinger hit his first home run as a Cub in that second – First game against the Reds that they lost. So that broke his 0 for 11 streak to begin the series or to begin the year. And after that 0 for 11, he is now 5 for 12.
1: So hopefully he can keep that up. You know, I saw a uh, Jason Hayward homer for the Dodgers against um, the Rockies or something. We can't, and, can't do this. And uh, I know, but. Uh, the homers, and of course, just because for some reason, that Bleacher Nation account had to notice it and tweet about it. And all the Cub fans were in the comments like, dang, I wish we could have figured it out when he was here. And, and you know, aside from the part where it's like, well, that's one homer, but uh okay. No one mentioned just that Cody Bellinger had a three-hit game the exact same day. Jason Hayward didn't have a three-hit game. He had right. a homer. Like it just, just hell bent on being miserable or focusing on what we don't have. It was like like any other fan base, man. I don't, I don't understand. (sighs) Whatever, probably an old habit. Anyway, Cubs lose game one. David Ross's bullpen management is awful, and his management all around is bad. He has Patrick Wisdom try to bunt. For some reason. Oh my God. I forgot about that. Everyone. So basically, here's what happened. Might
0: ended up being the reason of loss. Although the game wasn't great. That was that was a very big moment that just went to crap just for no reason. Because, <laughs> because he uh, let him swing in the ninth inning with two outs. Yes. So, so I just wait. don't understand it.
1: Well, we need to give context here as to, like, why it was, like, even happening. Why people wondered. So, earlier in the game, before that, Patrick Wisdom got hit in the wrist by a pitch. Didn't hurt him. The x-rays came back negative, but he got hit. He was in pain, and it hurt. He stayed in. So, the seventh inning comes along. There's one out. There's two men on. And they get. he gets to a 3-1 count. He doesn't swing. He offers to blunt, but he gets to a 3-1 count. And he bunts anyway, and he pops it up, and he's out. And then Jan Gomes comes up and strikes out. So there's a lot of things to think about here, namely that Patrick Wisdom should have been swinging because he's the guy on the Cubs that actually has formidable power. Like, you know, he's actually one of their few power hitters on the team. And he didn't swing. And so everyone was saying, well, that's a terrible decision. But then the reasoning was, well, maybe his wrist is hurting. But he stayed in. And in the ninth inning, he came to the plate and he was swinging and he got a base hit with two outs and they lost. But he still got on base. The other thing is that the next batter, Jan Gomes, should have been replaced by Nick Madrigal. And I don't, and I'm not a huge fan of Nick Madrigal at all. But we should have still had Nick Madrigal up there because, I thought, like, wasn't it Hosmer that batted after Wisdom and got he got the hit? Yeah, he got hit, and then it was like then Gomes came up with the bases loaded and failed to do anything. And it's also a one run game. So the Cubs, who have stuck with Madrigal this long because of his supposed contact abilities that we have yet to really see in full form, um, did not send this said contact artist to the plate and instead stuck with like 39 year old Jan Gomes or something. I don't know how old he is. He's like 36. But that was perplexing. Then Nick Madrigal came in and pinched Rand for Young Gomes in the ninth. And the Cubs lost. And also, Drew Smiley gave up a three-run homer that gave the Reds the lead and would eventually give them the win. And then the next batter, David Ross brought Keegan Thompson in, who threw three in the third shutout innings. So why didn't he do that before the home run? Well... Nobody knows. And, like, no explanation was given. So, it was just a really dumb decision. Thank think it was just for the yeah. lefty-lefty matchup. It's Yeah, but, like, I, I get it. But you have a guy that has given up four runs and has multiple people on base. And it was, what, the fifth inning? Like, you have that guy. Okay, lefty-lefty, I get it. But then you have Keegan Thompson, who is... Amazing out of the bullpen. He, I don't. He has a, like an ERA under two, or something. It, he is by far one of the most dangerous middle inning weapons in all of baseball. You have him sitting right there, warmed up, all that. Who cares about the matchup? This guy knows what he's doing. He can get him out, and, and they didn't do that. And this, and, you know, a similar thing happened in the. Last game of the Brewers series, Albert Azalea didn't come in and pitch two shutout innings until the game was already lost, when he should have done that before Julian Merriweather came in and blew the game. So the bullpen management to this point has not been very good. At all. Yeah, it's... It's definitely cost one or two games, but... I mean, we got, like, Dave Roberts here. This is just kind of what he does. He doesn't do. He does. He's. He's not like a great bullpen manager. He. The, the, it seems like he's a really good motivator, and he really is able to keep the team together and like keep them fighting, and create a big sense of unity. But it just doesn't seem like his in-game decisions are good, especially late in the game seems like there's always some head-scratching decision. Yeah, I mean...
0: It's just kind of been what's happened the last few years. And we've said it quite a few times, actually. So I guess we're just used to it. Hopefully at some point it improves, but...
1: Not the highest uh, of hopes. They were making a, a... Uh, the cubs game today against the rangers was on apple tv and actually uh, it was funny they had Dontrell willis there and Dontrell willis the uh, oh, that, that star pitcher for the marlins who had that really high leg kick way back in the day happened to reveal that the cubs apparently drafted him which i didn't know so Me neither. huge yes. l by the cubs what the heck guys <laughs> like, i don't care who you traded for him maybe i guess it was matt clement yeah. Sorry. It was okay, but damn. So, uh, but that's beside the point. They were talking on the broadcast and they said, um, they were talking about the Orioles and they were showing like the Orioles beating the Yankees or something out in Baltimore earlier today. And they said, oh, you know, when, you know, when you have a rebuilding team, uh, the manager of that rebuilding team, typically at the end of the rebuild, when the team turns the corner, you know he gets switched out for a new guy that leads them, you know, into winning and all that, like a winning manager who has experience in the postseason. So it's nice to see that Brandon Hyde is still there, and Brandon Hyde also worked for the Cubs as like a bench coach, I think, a few years ago. I thought he
0: was a base, like I think it was well, first he was. Well, he was one of the coaches, coach. first or was, third, yeah, like that. yeah,
1: yeah. But they said, yeah, it's nice that Brandon Hyde is still there, and the Orioles are good now. That's good for him, and uh, the Cubs did something similar with Rick Renteria way back when they uh, had him for a few years. Then after 2014, they said, we're going to move on. They brought in Joe Madden and the rest is history. So I'm not sure that's going to happen because it's David Ross and the front office never truly committed to saying like, yeah, this is a rebuild and they still think that they're kind of contending. So I have a feeling that when the Cubs are good again, whether that be next year or even this year, in the next few years, they're going to like hopefully go back to the postseason and we'll do the whole uh, sing and dance all over again that we did from 2015 to 2018. But, um, right. Uh, I think David Ross will stick around. So hopefully his managing uh, improves. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have
0: a, obviously, he doesn't have a whole lot of, hasn't had a whole lot of great pieces to work with, but as we all yeah, know, right. the Cubs bullpen has been kind of underrated for the last few years, so it's not like he has no options. So we should have a good idea of who to bring in at what time. So we'll just see if that happens at, or at some point this year, if it improves. We'll just stick around and wait for it, and if it doesn't happen, we won't be surprised, and if it does happen, then good. Good for him. And that should lead to more wins and less stupid losses.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Yeah, Jed Hoyer doesn't seem like the type of guy to call in decisions like some other GMs have been rumored to do. Uh, But so I think it's all Ross, I would imagine. But yeah. who knows? Maybe it is Hoyer. I don't know. It's probably not. I'm just thinking. Anyway, it. the Reds, that game sucked. And this is all a conversation about one game, so we're going to move on. The next game all is right. great. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Cubs won it
0: after getting BAPIPed early in the game. Aiden Mazeski wasn't bap-ipped. great, but was his first start apple. of the year.
1: Drew. and any yeah, hit
0: wasn't 98. Which... Yeah, he did. which surprised me everybody. Which, yeah, what's his I think his max last year was like 95, 96 maybe.
1: Yeah, but uh he hit 98 in spring training and I remember I didn't see okay. it. There was no video of it, but there was like a tweet that said Hayden Wesneski just hit 98 miles an hour. And everyone said, "Well, that's Really cool, but that's probably a hot gun. Like, a really hot gun. He probably hit 96 or something. Because there's, you know, as impressive as throwing 95 is in 96, there's a massive difference between that and getting close to 100 miles an hour. But uh then he did it again. So I guess he can throw 98 miles an hour, which I, I guess, was not prepared for. I guess he'll just do it when he needs to, I suppose. Of like Harry Wood if he has that type of velocity. Yeah. I mean that I wicked mean, slider.
0: Right. Hmm. So the Cubs did win this game after rallying late. Yeah. Got Took six runs in the, in the seventh, seventh inning. yeah, And three in the eighth and then another in the ninth. So good yep. to see that I guess that's ten runs in three innings. Yeah, none of know, those runs were homers. Was... Yeah, so, yeah, I know, which is kind of surprising because that's well, typically how we score since all I of our runs.
1: Cubs. Yeah, I guess not. Trying to go in the opposite direction. Maybe those days are over with for now. For now. Of course, I'd like to see them come back. Nothing quite like seeing. I said that after the game. I put that on my Instagram story. And I said, well, this is a blowout, but it doesn't feel like one just because it started so late. But it also – because, you know, in the seventh inning, it was a one-run game. But it also Mm -hmm. didn't feel like a blowout because it was just – it it seemed like the Cubs were kind of paper-cutting the Reds to death. Just single, single, double, single, walk, single, that sort of thing. Um, So that's great. But, you know, nothing quite like seeing that big towering – Home run go deep into the seats to just kind of put the stake through the heart of the opponent. Uh, I have no complaints with winning though and scoring 12 runs. I'll take that any day. I'm just saying. It's kind of fun to score that many runs. Um, it's kind of fun to hit home runs. All right. But anyway, Cubs win that game. Uh, next game got rained out. So that was sad.
0: And we were all sad about it. All right. Now we're into the series against the Rangers. First time we faced them since 2019. And we are one game into this point, and it has been a win. Two nothing shutout, so the Cubs have gotten two shutout wins this year so far. Yeah, nice. Marcus Stroman
1: did it again, as I mentioned
0: earlier. Yeah, both games, Stroman pitched. So that okay. brought the Cubs back up to 500. What's uh?
1: We haven't really talked about the pitch clock a whole lot, I don't think.
0: Oh, um. I mean, it hasn't really affected the Cubs a whole lot, other than a couple violations. I mean, I don't think, as far as I remember, I don't think they've
1: stolen very many bases. No, they haven't. Um, Marcus Stroman was actually the first pitcher in history to violate the pitch clock on opening day. Mm-hmm. Well, other than that, they haven't had problems with it. And also, just what you know, I went to a game in person, and I've been watching. The games that I can on TV because I don't have marquee, but you know I've been listening to the radio, watching the games. And I have to say it doesn't feel that different. It doesn't feel that different. It just kind of, uh, right, it just, just kind of feels a little faster. Like there's like less, which of time.
0: course isn't a bad thing.
1: No, it's not. I mean, I see you a lot have... of people complaining about it. Like, well you have the occasional game like Sandy Alcantara just shut out the twins and the game was under two hours and that's a little too quick. Like I you know, I would as great as I'm sure his outing was, I'd like to be there for two hours to, you know, kind of get my money's worth. But also that's pretty short. I mean, it's kind of like it's, it's nothing really. I think that two hour, 30 minute mark, 40 minute mark, that seems kind of like the sweet spot. And that's the average length of games this year. So I I think it's great. I haven't really noticed it. And when I have, it's just been like, it just feels like the game is still the same. The, uh, the broadcasters still talk. Pat Hughes still tells stories on the radio without getting interrupted. Um, but it's, it's just faster, less dead time, you know? I do hope they take it away for the postseason, though. Yeah, that's – I don't, yeah. I don't need, I you know, and the you don't, yeah extra runner. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna do away with that in the postseason. But I think uh,
0: they took it away for the postseason last year. If I'm right, they did,
1: they did, they, they made the All rule right. permanent, and they said uh, it won't happen in the playoffs. Good. So, um, but that's the thing. Like you know, during the regular season, do you really need a three and a half hour game between the Reds and the Royals? at empty Great American Ballpark <laughs> in the middle of, like, June. Probably not. But in the postseason, you know, World Series, Game 6, eighth inning, bases loaded, tie game, that sort of thing. It's like, yeah, kind of need those three-and-a-half hours, those those moments for the crowd to get on their feet to, like, you know, for the tension to build. So All right. I hope they, I hope they uh, do away with that in the playoffs. In the playoffs – you also just need more time. Pitchers need more time to adjust. So regular yes. season, it's good. Playoffs, especially because yeah. they're
0: most teams go with a four-man rotation in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, a... Rotations don't it really exist after a certain point in a playoff series either. Like we remember the Nationals in 2019, they would. I remember in Game Five of the Division Series, they pitched. Strasburg, and then they pitched uh, Patrick Corbin. Like it was, uh, they would just throw any pitchers that were available out there. The Indians did the same thing in 2016, and that kind of led mm-hmm. them to the that led them to the World Series. So it's just it's different, All right? So anyway, those so are my Hopefully, thoughts. we see the cards in the postseason this year. Yeah, we hope. Cardinals are not doing so well. Apparently there was Brewers some problem with lucky. Tyler O'Neal. Uh, apparently O'Neal wasn't hustling. We'll have to see uh, the downfall bases. Of the Cardinals. Yeah. So interesting, too, how it happens the second Wilson Contreras joins the team. <laughs> Coincidence? I a story for another I think day, Yeah. Also, Tyler O'Neill looks really old. He was talking about it after the game. And yeah, all that I just have does. to say, he just looks like he's been hitting the juice. He just looks <laughs> like he's aging fast.
0: Yeah, but, I always thought he old. I always thought he looked like an uh, old grandma.
1: <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> be the most terrifying grandmother in the world. Anyway, um, what else? Is that it? Oh. Should we talk about, like, how well, uh, like, just the bottom of the order and why basically the middle of the Iowa Cubs roster should probably be there? But we also have Suzuki to talk about. He'll be back soon.
0: Yeah, Seah and Brandon Hughes will be playing. Um, this is uploaded, I believe, today in Iowa for rehab assignments. So... Say, I should be up sometime, maybe in the middle of the uh, Seattle series or sometime in the Dodger series. Yep, one of those times. Well, that's just my guess.
1: Looking up and playing nice warm weather. Yeah. And then um, I'm not totally sure why we have Miles Mastrobioni. Um, playing right field, because not only is that not, I mean, he's played right field, but we have Nelson Velasquez in Iowa, and the Cubs had him up here for a good chunk of time last year, and now when Suzuki goes down, they have right field open for Velasquez every day, and they don't call him up. I don't understand that move. I don't get that. And he's just tearing the cover off the ball down there, too. I'm not totally sure what the thinking is there. He's, like, working on something? But I don't know. I mean, it's too late. Suzuki's going to be back probably next week. But uh, I I just i am a little perplexed. It just seems like, you know. It's right there. Wouldn't you want him? You know, he's going to get every day at bats now. Wouldn't you? I don't know. But um, it's going to be really fun when Suzuki comes back, but also late in the season, assuming everything hopefully, hope to God, goes well. It's going to be real fun when we have Matt Mervis and Brendan Davis and Nelson Velasquez and Christopher Morel all up here. In place of, I don't know, bioni Hosmer, maybe Rios or something. Um, yeah, I don't
0: know about um, Davis and Velasquez being up at the same time, but
1: true, maybe but maybe they'll they'll all be up here. Is what I'm saying, and it'll be yeah. really fun because the lineup is gonna. You know, I typed it out recently, and I thought that's actually a pretty solid lineup. You know that yeah. that adds a dimension that you were missing. So Morel is also doing really well, and Matt Mervis had a grand slam yesterday, two days ago at the time that this is uploaded. But um, so it's gonna be a lot of fun when those guys get here. But until then, just gotta wade through Miles Masterbioni. He sounds like a sandwich. Like he sounds like something that like a beef sandwich in Chicago. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, I guess that does make sense.
1: Yeah. I he been hitting the ball hard. So, just keep it up. Anyway, um, is that it? Um, I'm trying to think if we have oh, anything else to cover.
0: Yes, we do. We are bringing back Player of the Week for oh, yes. of Yes. Our- Long-time listeners that may have remembered that in 2021. It is now back. And there have been a few options, actually, for this first week. But I'm going to go with Dansby Swanson, although he great went choice. Oh, for 4 today, I believe. He is 10 for 24, I think. I mean... He isn't. I think Hap has been the best hitter so far, but Swanson has All made of the order. Great, has been awesome. Yes, but Swanson has made a couple amazing plays in the infield, so I'm going to factor that in as well. It could be either him. I think it's between Swanson and Stroman. That's it's really hard to choose, but. He's newly acquired, ranking the start. Why not pick him for the first week?
1: Alright, that's a good choice. Uh I forgot to yeah, we forgot to mention the whole top of the order has really been awesome. Uh Nico Horner has been really good from the leadoff spot. I feel like he's had a two hit game almost every every time so far. All right. Uh, uh, that might not be true. But my uh, player of the week. Um, it is tough between Strowman and Swanson. Uh, I'm also going to say Swanson. I was thinking about Strowman, and it's, al- it's almost a tie, really, just because yeah. of how good Strowman's been doing. But um, Swanson is new, and when... And, and he's also the big-ticket free agent signing. He was their big acquisition. And there's a lot of pressure on him because he was, the you know, kind of the fourth shortstop of the big free agent class. Um, the Cubs signed him. He was the last one to get signed. He signed for less than all the others. So everyone was kind of saying, oh, he you know, the Cubs only signed him because, you know, they were being cheap or, you know, he's not, you know, the, he got way overpaid. And I do think he kind of got overpaid, but that's not the point. The point is that he had a lot of pressure on him coming in. He had a terrible spring. People were doubting him. Brave fans were really happy because they said this means Dansby Swanson is now Jason Hayward and he won't be able to hit at all. But he's been historically good through the first week. Didn't have a great game today. But um, to do that, to come to Chicago, being like that, you know, that new environment. And uh, with all those expectations, um, is uh, is is really uh, is really good. And definitely not everyone could do that through the first week. A lot of people would have wilted with all those with all that pressure on him. But he is not one to uh crumble easily. Alright. He enjoys the I think he enjoys the pressure. He's played really well in the postseason. Uh he seems to be kinda like that uh He's obviously not his, uh, you know, not even close to the player he, you know, he was on the field, but he kind of seems to be almost like that Derek Jeter guy. He enjoys the, you know, just that guy that really enjoys, you know, having the pressure on him almost. So, not comparing Dansby Swanson to Derek Jeter. I'm just saying it just kind of seems similar. Anyway, I'm talking too much. That's my player of the week. Yeah.
0: Like we said, pretty much a tie between Swanson and Strowman. I mean, we could do – we could just leave it at that as a tie or co-player of the week for this first week. Could easily be co-player of the week.
1: You could make an argument for Stroman too.
0: like Lester and Baez getting
1: the co-MVP of the LCS. Yeah. So, yeah, Um, we'll do that. Yeah, sure. That's a great idea. Uh yeah. The uh, the bottom of the lineup doesn't need to start hitting. All the guys we're talking about are either at the top or they're pitchers. So it'd be great if like you know, some of those guys at the bottom could start hitting a bit better.
0: Yeah, we do uh top half of the order is good, middle is okay, and then the bottom is just Eh, needs to step it up.
1: Yeah, the the, uh, the lineup it's almost kind of shaped like a baseball bat. You know, <laughs> good. You know, really good at the top, and as you go down, it gets thinner and thinner and thinner. Just kind of. It's quite the
0: comparison, but I can see what. It I is. just that's
1: just kind of how I think of it. You know, all the yeah. meat at the top, nothing really at the bottom. Makes sense. So hopefully they fix that. Suzuki coming back is going to be. Real different. It's gonna be great. It's gonna add a new dimension to the lineup. He could be a really great player for us this year. Really good breakout, so hopefully he comes back soon. Maybe even by the time we record our next episode he'll be back. We'll see. Yeah, that's I think that might be the plan with him.
0: That will give him another week. Usually rehab assignments like these are just a few games. So hopefully that's the case here too, but we'll see. But yep, I think that pretty much covers it all for this episode.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't have much else to add. Hopefully we uh, win this series against the Rangers, and then going to Seattle. You said. Um. Yes. No, Seattle at home. Seattle and at then home. the Dodgers okay. in L.A. Are we still doing predictions? Nah.
0: Not since it's going to be in the... Since most of the episodes are going to be in the middle of the series. It just wouldn't really make sense.
1: It's true. Okay. Alright, sure. Uh, well, then I guess that'll that'll wrap things up. Yeah,
0: so this has been the first week for the regular season. Be on the lookout for posts coming on our new Instagram account at the Cubs win podcast. We've only got one post on there now, but there will be more different types of posts later other than episode promotions. So be on the lookout for that. But yeah, this will be, I guess. It's the end of the first episode, and we'll see you guys in the next one.
1: Yeah, we'll see you guys later. Hopefully we uh, come back with good things to talk about. Yeah, that's the plan. Alright, goodbye. Goodbye.